take your Bibles and keep them in Matthew, uh, but just page over to chapter 11. Chapter 11, we're going to be there. Just keep that on your right hand and in your left hand, please open to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 23. Chapter, and while you guys get that, um, can you believe we, all, we are already in, the, in November of, what's this, 2020, 2021? Where, where, where are we at now with the centuries, eh? With the whole COVID thing that happened, I kind of lost a couple of months there. Uh, but we're already in November of, of, of 2021. And it kind of feels like a blur after COVID. Everything kind of just mushed together. The whole, the last 18 months doesn't feel like a, a year past. But it's, it's definitely been busy. And usually when you get to this time of, of year, people are tired. People lose momentum. Um, whether that would be in your spiritual walk, in your, in your workplace, um, I heard a couple of companies called this the silly season because people think about every possible excuse in the book not to do something. And at some, some of them, it's valid. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, it's been a hard, what, three years before we had any rest after COVID. Um, but it's definitely been a, a tough year. And usually this time, the wheels start turning slower and, and we kind of start preparing for the December holidays. That's, that, that's, that's up ahead. Um, and, and yeah, so before I go ahead of myself, let's read in, in, in Proverbs 24. And we're going to read there in verse 16. And where this comes from is, as I said, we kind of lose momentum, this, this, this stage of life. And I, I don't think that's necessarily something that you should be afraid of or something that you should feel that is sinful. That's, that's natural. Everything in life at some point lo- loses momentum. If you're in a car driving 120 kilometers an hour and you take your, pe- your, your foot off the petrol, there, there's momentum and you're going to keep on moving, but at some point you're going to get to a halt. Um, what's that thing called with the, with the balls in the middle and you take the one ball and you hit it? What's that called? Is it a pendulum? It's just, I don't know what, the, what the, the scientists that thought that out, but that also, at some point, it loses momentum. So with that in mind, Proverbs 24:16 says, For a just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now, I read that and I said, wow, okay, well, this man falls seven times. And, and I get that in this, it, it might not be 100% applicable to, to the sermon today, but I want to get the principle across. For a just man falls seven times. That's not the problem. The just man falling is not the problem. The second part, and rises up again. That is what puts us aside from the rest of the crowd. And you know why I think that this man rises up again? He falls, and that's fine, but I think the, the reason he rises up again, look, look just one verse up in verse 15. Lay not wait, a wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. The reason why this guy could have gotten up and gone on, because he went back to his, he knew where he had to recharge. And I think that we as believers and we as, as humans, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest proper, properly. And when I, when I started this study, it was shocking. I Honestly, guys, I did not think that so many uh, information would come out of the Bible about rest and, and how God feels about it and how, what, what God's opinion is on it. Um, but the, the, the point here is this guy was able to get up again because his resting place wasn't spoiled. If you take over, you can close the book of Proverbs and move over to, to Matthew, Matthew 11. We're going to be there in just a moment. But the day and age we live in, it's busy, busy, busy. 
We're running from one point to the next, just every day. It's the kids, it's the work, getting back, it's the house, then, then it's church, then we're back here, we're in the prayer closet, waking up early, exercising, getting everything done. And I think we struggle not only with rest, but with balance. I don't know about you, but, but my balance switch is broken. And I think many of our balance switches is broken. If, if somebody gives us a responsibility, and, and rightfully so, we want to do it to the best of our ability. We want to put everything in there. We want to we show them that, that this is important to us. So we kind of put the work or whatever in front of us and say, but I, I want to impress my boss and I want to impress the Lord to say, Lord, I, I want to do this to the best of my ability. And, some point, and, and it's, sometimes we do that to our own detriment. Within Formula One, I'm not a big Formula One fan, I've watched it now and then, but many of you know that in Formula One there's a pit stop, right? The reason the pit stop is there is for, it's not there when the car breaks down, then you come in, but it's there for routine maintenance. Even if it's for a six or eight seconds, they kind of pop in there, the tires pop off, they get refueled and they're back on track and they go. These Formula One cars drive at tremendous speeds. I guess I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's been about 250 to 300 kilometers an hour. So it's, it's very quick. So the momentum that that car has is, is crazy. So when something breaks at that speed, there's usually a lot more damage than some Oma driving in potch 10 kilometers an hour in front of you if her car is, if her tire is flat. There's a lot more damage because there's a lot more momentum. And I'm afraid that many of us are, are driving at Formula One speed, and that is not a problem. But we need to prioritize the pit stops. We need to make sure that we do not skip a lap, because maybe that lap will be the one. You're going to break down somewhere on the track where somebody can't help you that quick, and it's going to take time for you to get to the pit stop. My dad, uh, when I was a student, I'm, I'm from, the, from Valpark originally, and I would go home some weekends, and. Um, one morning, Monday morning, I was on my way to class and I forgot to fill up my, my car the, the evening before. I said, you know what, I, I think I'll make it to Poch. I'm going to take the risk. I'm just going to drive off. And he, he stopped and he said, just, th just think about what you just said. You, you don't want to stop for 10 minutes to fill up the car, but you want to drive off to Poch and possibly get stuck at the side of the road. And we kind of sometimes misprioritize this. I, I need to get to the task. But stopping, taking the 10 minutes, Will, will ensure that you get to that task. There will be so much more damage um, and time-wise when, when, when I would have driven to Poch, break down at the side of the road without petrol, now I have to so phone somebody, that person needs, it's, it's a, a, a big ongemak um, um, for them, they have to get a, a can, fill up petrol, drive off to Paris or wherever I'm stuck, throw in the petrol, and then both of us can, can finally move on. And that's sometimes the perspective we have on life. You know what, I'm just going to do this one more lap. And then in one lap we break down and we kind of lose control of, of where this is. And I, I've asked myself, but, but why? Why do we not want to rest? What, what's, what's the story about this? And I think it's because the picture of the world, uh, the, 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 yeah, the picture of the, the world has, has shown us about rest. I think in the, in the eyes of the world, rest equals weakness. The moment you take a second to rest, your peers, your peers will outperform you. The list, everybody has a list, that list will just double, triple, quadruple in the day that you take a day off. And, and to be quite honest, I think that's definitely one of Satan's devices. He can, if he can keep us busy and he can wear us out to the point that we can mean nothing to the glory of God. 
I want to get back in saying that rest is not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of wisdom. It is a sign of wisdom. And I want to ask you this morning, where is your place of rest? When I look at the life of Jesus, he changed, literally changed the world in basically three years. I know he lived 33 years, but his ministry was three years, and he changed the world. And that man was busy. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I think everybody can say we're busy until we look at Jesus' schedule, and then we're basically on vacation. <laughs> but looking at his life and saying, Lord, what did you do? What did you do to this? And that the, 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 the ties in with the name of my sermon here this morning. I have, I think, I think, when I look at the Bible, I think we are able to see the recipe for rest as we learn from the life of Jesus. So look with me there. We're going to read this and we're going to have a quick word of prayer in Matthew 11 and verse 28 to 30, a passage that is well known among us. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, well, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for the privilege we have of sitting in church once again, Lord. Father, might this Sunday not pass in front of us, Lord, without us meeting with you. God, please, I, I pray and I ask that you would prepare our hearts here this morning, Lord, what you want us, uh, want us to take from this, God. Please speak to us through your word. God, prepare the ground, and, and Lord, <clears throat> might the seed that is sown here this morning bring fruit, Father, not just because, but bring fruit for your glory, Lord, and for your kingdom. Lord, might, might we learn from you here this morning about how we need to approach rest, Father. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If we look at the term rest very quickly, um, the definition of rest, in, in, in the old age, it came from a technical term, actually from agriculture. And you guys can, we'll look at that later, but you can recall that in the book of Leviticus, in the book of Exodus, God instructed, commanded Israel and saying, you have to rest six days and on this, uh, sorry, you have to work six days. We, wouldn't that be nice, say, resting six days and just working the seventh. <laughs> But God instructed the Israelites in saying, you have to rest, oh, my goodness, you have to work six days and rest one day. All right, there we have it. You have to work six days and rest the seventh. That was a command. God took this serious. And he took that further in the agriculture. And he said, you can uh, toil your ground for six years. And in the seventh year, it has to rest. That's where the term rest comes from. In that, in that year of rest, the ground is able to produce its own nutrients and all of that nice stuff so that when the eighth year comes, that ground can produce better fruit. That does not mean in the seventh year it will not be able to produce fruit, but the quality of fruit that that land can produce in the eighth year because it rested, it's much better. And if we look at that term rest, it literally means, um, and I will rest you. I will rest you. So when Jesus said there in verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's literally commanding you, Come, and I will rest you. I will make you rest. 28 says, Come unto me. Come unto me. You know, in life, there's a lot of things that says, Come. A lot of things that's, that's pulling their hands down and says, Come, come with me. No, 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 come with me. 
It's kind of like your spam folder in your email. Somebody sends you an email and it kind of gets lost in all the spam. And you throughout that scene that you've won 3 million rand here and 10 million here and you want a free meal here. And somewhere there, there's actually an important email from the bank saying you owe them a lot of money. But you kind of miss all that because of all of the spam. And through life, that is the same. Life in general will stick their hands out and says, come with me. Come with me. Your hobbies, the games, your work, your family, it might not be bad things, but everything wants a portion of you. And as Jesus said, come, he's part of that. Jesus is in that spam folder of life, and he's saying, come, come unto me. Jesus says, come, come unto me. All ye, who? Who needs to come, Lord? All ye that labor. Are there people here that's tired this morning? I bet so. They've probably had a, a very, very hard year. And Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor. Everybody that works. You see, the, the prerequisite for resting is working. So unfortunately, we need to work hard. I don't want to say to earn this rest, but to step in to this rest. All ye that labor, and this next part, and are heavy laden. Heavy laden. That's, that's a big emotional uh, uh, baggage that we need to carry. I want to show you two verses quickly. Turn to Isaiah. Keep your place in Matthew. And turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 55. I want to drive through today the principle of how God views rest. And how important it is for Him. And how inviting it He is towards us about this. Isaiah 55, and let's start reading there in verse 1. And the prophet said here, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, everyone that is thirsty, come, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. Is there people here with no money this morning? Amen. Come ye, buy and eat, yea, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's one, that's one group of people. Look at the second group. That's the people without no, with no money in verse 1. Look at verse 2. Wherefore do ye spend your money for that which is not bread? Now I'm speaking to the crowd that has money. And your labor for that, for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delighteth itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I'll make you an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. You see, he says, come. Everybody, come. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, if you're overworked, underworked, if you have money, if you have no money, come. Come and rest. Come and rest. The last book in the Bible, Revelation 22. Revelation 22. Look what Jesus said here. 22 and 17. Revelation 22 and 17. Very inviting in Isaiah. He said, come. Come and eat. Come and drink. While you turn there in John 7 verse 37, he says, If any man's thirsty, let him come. Revelation 22 and 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And he, uh, let him that heareth say, Come. 
and they let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. You see, there is nothing as good on a hot day to open a cold bottle of water. I'm going to make you, I think many of you will be angry at me now, but have you seen that, that adverts with the Coca-Cola? It's the super cold room, and then it's the music, and it's, they take the Coke, and the water's dripping off, and then they, and then they drink it. And you, afterwards, that's, that's rest. Now, that's good. And Jesus says, I have that Coke. I have that cold room. Come. Come and enjoy it. Not, don't feel guilty. Come and enjoy it and rest. You see, chapter of, uh, back in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he starts off by saying come. We have this usually idea in our heads to say rest is equals nothing, doing nothing. We have to sit at home and do nothing. You see, come, the word come, that's a verb. It's a verb word. You have to do something to get into that rest. It does not mean you, you do nothing. It does not mean you say, okay, I'm done. Jesus, now you rest me. Jesus says, well, well come, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he says, does the Bible say there, and I might give you rest? I will give you rest. This is a promise. There's many of you here this morning that might be tired. This year has might gotten its toll on you. And as we prepare for the December holidays, that's the time in South Africa where everybody takes off. Can I ask you just quickly on a tangent here that you might not go from Jesus, but that you would come in this time? Usually we say, you know what, I'm going to step away from work. I'm going to step away from home for a while. And you know what, I'm just going to step away from the Bible as well. I'm just, I think I'm going to leave this at home. I'll, I'll read my Bible on my phone, or I'll read my Bible, or whatever the case might be. Can I, can I ask you, please, come to Jesus in this holiday. Take Him with on your physical rest. If we check there in verse 28, Matthew 20, uh, 11 and 20, 29, 29, sorry, goodness me. 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke. Look there, point number two this morning. First one is come. The second one is take. It's another verb. You have to work for this. Work in the sense that there's an action before you can get this. You have to stand up and say, Jesus, I want this rest, so I'm going to come. Jesus, I want this rest, so I am going to take. He says, take my yoke upon you. We know what a yoke is. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with this. In the old time, the Old Testament, they put, would take a, a, a well-experienced ox and a new ox. They would put themselves uh, them in the same uh, yoke, and then they would till the ground. And the younger ox would learn from the a more experienced ox. And as they go through this, as, they, as they're close to each other, as they walk through the trials of life together, this ex- more experienced ox can look to the side of the, of the less experienced ox and give him some advice, give him wisdom as they go. And Jesus says, come, I am the more experienced ox. You know what we do sometimes if, uh, if there's a rugby game or a cricket game and, and our team won, we say, yeah, yeah, we won. Yeah, 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 we won. No, you didn't. They, they won. You didn't do all the hard work. You didn't put in the practice. You weren't there in the game. They won. But we, we sometimes want to take credit for that and say, no, 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 we won. We don't want to do all the work, but we want to be part of the victory. Jesus says, come and take. Yes, you can stand 
outside of this restful place and say, yes, yes, Jesus, I, I, I am resting. I, I am re- I'm not going to get in there, but, but I am resting. And Jesus says, no, no, come and take. You know why we don't want to do this? It takes faith. It takes faith. Resting takes faith. There's no immediate result with resting, just like there is with prayer and Bible reading. There's no immediate results. I really, I don't read my Bible and I say, oh, there's, I've done reading and say, oh, Jesus said there's fruit, fruit will come from this. Oh, great, here is an apple hanging from my arm. There's fruit. It doesn't work that way. When I uh, water my plants at the house, I don't stand there and look and say, there's a leaf. It takes time. It takes faith to rest. And I think that's where we sometimes miss the point. Lord, I've taken time off. I've sat. I've done nothing. Why am I not rested? Have you ever slept six to eight hours and woken up more tired than when you have gone to bed? It's it's, it's a paradox, right? I, I, I rested. Oh, I slept, but I'm not rested. There's something more to this than just doing nothing. Jesus says here, come. Come and take this yoke by faith. Get into this yoke with me. You say, when we stand outside, Jesus is still going. He's still there in the place of rest, but we're standing at the outside. You know what's happening? What happens once we get in there with the yoke with Him? We're right close to Him. He can turn around. He doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to speak loud. He can say, you know what? As you look down, this is how we walk through life. We're close there right with Him. He's every step of the way. You can go nowhere. You're in Him. You're with Him in the yoke. As he prays, we can actually listen to what he's saying because we're not far from him. Jesus says, come. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn. And learn of me. Before we get to that point, I want to mention one thing about the taking. Would you this morning take some advice? You might look at this and say, Armand, I'm not going to take advice from you. Please don't. I read up on this because I'm also not a great rester. But the scientists say, Now, you guys know this. Rests make you more productive. It makes you more creative. It makes you more healthy. You know what other things it does? Now, this is way beside the point, but I thought I had to mention it. The scientist says the rest can lower CO2 emissions in the atmosphere. Scientists, (laughs) this is, this, this, the the first one was crazy. This one is just absurd. They say that the rest would uh, kind of dissolve gender equality. How, how How do you like that? How do you like that? Now, I didn't even read up on that. I literally saw that. I laughed. I said, copy, paste. I have to tell this to this church, but I'm going to go on. <laughs> this is scientists saying this. Now, I agree with them. Rest makes you more productive, creative, and healthy. I don't know how it lowers the CO2 emissions. Maybe because we're not running to and fro, so the <laughs> is less. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe. One thing about the healthy aspect specifically, guys, and this is just practical. This is just practical. The scientists say that the positive effect of a 20-minute walk in your day um, can have in your brain is outstanding. As soon as you start exercising, endorphins are released, we know this, as well as pr- a protein called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. They call this the BDNF. The BDNF protects and repairs your memory neurons as you exercise. This is why we feel so at ease after exercising and why our memories are so clear. Now, many of you would say, Armand, that's not how I feel after exercise. <laughs> that's not the, 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 my memory is not very clear. I feel I'm going to see Jesus. Um, but this is what the scientists say, and, and I want to encourage you. Try it. Try it. Rest 
physically is good. Rest spiritually is even better. I don't know, many of you probably know this. Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist, and he, uh, one of the books he wrote, I think it's called uh, The Twelve Rules, he wrote two, but the, the one I'm referring to is The Twelve Rules for Life. And in this, they did a study about um, people and prescription regarding pills. And he said that in that, they did a study of 100 people. A third of the people did not even, uh, sorry, they did a study on, it was, uh, um, was it kidney failure or something that they, that they did? So they prescribed a certain amount of pills to these people. A third of the people didn't even go and uh, f- uh, fulfill the prescription. They said, you know what, I don't even care about that. A third of them pres- uh, went and got the prescription, but they didn't take the pills. And the other third of them went and t- they, they, they got the prescription, took them home, t- take the pills, but really not as the doctor prescribed. And he kind of refers to this as to say, but why are people, if, if my dog is sick, I take him to the vet like that. If the dog says, uh, if, the vet, if the vet says, if the dog says, if the vet says, give him this pill this, di- this time and this many, I do it. I remember. I put, uh, set the clocks. So I do it. Why can we not do that to ourselves? When the great physicians say, rest, why do we, it's easy to go around and say, brother, yeah, you need rest, man. You're too busy. Uh, sister, you, you need to take a day off. You're so busy. But when somebody comes and say, hey, brother, sister, calm down. You are too busy. No, no, man, no, it's, it's, it's okay. They don't understand. We have to rest. Take the advice from the scientists. Take the advice from the greatest physician ever lived. He's saying, come, take my yoke. And the third point I want to mention here this morning, he's saying is, learn. 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 You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Old dogs here this morning, you'll have to start learning. How much time do we put into learning other things in life? We, they say adapt or die, right? We adapt to the universe. When they switch the power off, we learn to adapt. When the power comes back on, we learn to adapt. When COVID hit, my goodness, that was a big shock on everybody. We learned, we adapted. We said, yeah, well, guys, let's, just, let's go. Why can we not do this with rest? I came to a point in the sermon where I want to say art, uh, uh, resting, that's kind of like an art. Only certain people are able to do this. But Jesus says, come and rest. Come and learn how to rest. I want to show you quickly, again, that it comes down to the principle of how God views rest. Take your Bibles to Leviticus 25, the Old Testament about two more places, then we're done. My goodness, there we go. Leviticus moves for a moment there. Leviticus 25. I just want to show you one verse here. Um, where's that verse? Yeah, I lost it. Fruit, beautiful. All right, I can read the whole chapter, but it's going to be long and it's going to be boring. But where it boils down to, Leviticus, <laughs> Leviticus, it, it boils down to where God is saying, guys, this preparing for the year of Jubilee, and he speaks about the, the rest, not just only the Sabbath, but also the 70 here that you need to rest your land. Um, and in the book of Exodus, we learn about Exodus 20, where God says you have to keep the Sabbath holy. Guys, God boiled this down to saying, I'm I'm going to put a whole chapter of this. And there's many, many, many verses in the Bible referring to the Sabbath. 
and how important it is. And how God's saying, I'm commanding you to take the Sabbath. Now, by no means am I saying we have to keep the Sabbath, but let's apply the principle to our lives. We schedule in certain stuff in our, uh, in our, in our week. Can we not schedule in rest? Can we not schedule in the coming, the taking of the yoke, and then the learning? The learning of spending time in this Word. Can I ask you, well, Leviticus was kind of useless now, so <laughs> turn back to Exodus. Exodus, huh? Verse 5, let's see. That which groweth of its own accord of the harvest, thou shalt not reap, neither gather grapes of the vine on Dressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. It's a great verse. I think we can apply that definitely. Where Jesus is saying it's the year of rest unto the land. Getting back to the point of rest, guys. Exodus 16. I want to show you a couple of things here just very, very, very quickly. Work six days, rest the seventh. The seventh day is important. And I'm saying, again, I'm reiterating, we do not have to keep the Sabbath. But I want to say we need to apply the principle of rest. We need to see how serious God took it. And we need to take it as serious. And even though the, the workforce might not know it, they, they kind of say on the Saturday, we'll pay you 1.5 of the daily wage, right? You know what they do on a Sunday? I'll pay you double. Why? Why do I need to pay you double? Because that's the day of rest. That's the day of rest. So we're taking you out of your day of rest, and we really need to sweeten this deal for you to come and work on the seventh day. Again, we don't need to keep the Sabbath. Please do your work on the Sunday if you have to, but keep this in mind. Jesus said, rest. Even the world says, yeah, yeah, we know the seventh day is important. We know the rest day is important. We will pay you double. Guys, rest takes faith. Look with me in Exodus 16. I want to show you there a verse. Um, we all know the story from verse 13 to verse 30. Again, I'm running out of time here, so I'm not going to read it. But that's the time where God promised Israel the manna. And he said, guys, the manna will fall in the, fall in the morning. You guys go and pick it up. Just take enough for your, you and your family to eat. And they said, no, 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 Lord. It's, it's raining. I'm going to take some of this home. I'm going to keep for tomorrow. I'm going to keep for a midnight snack. And they did that. And what happened? It bred worms. And God said again, yeah, just, just take enough for the day. Why is God saying that? It takes faith. You know what God did on the Saturday, on the sixth day? Well, sorry, not on the Saturday, but on the sixth day. He said, all right, now you take double. Because tomorrow there will be none. You will have to take enough for tomorrow. You know what that takes? That whole situation, that whole picking up of the manna for one day? It takes faith. We get back to the point by saying, if you want to really rest within God, it takes faith. It takes true faith. I want to end up by saying two things. I think let's end up in the book of Luke. Let's end up in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. I want to end up by saying we need to come to Jesus and rest. We need to take up that yoke. And lastly, we need to learn how to do this. We will not be able to get the whole rest idea completed in one Bible study or in one sermon or in one Sunday or in four Sundays or in a year's worth of Sundays. You are going to get this under the belt through experience by falling seven times and getting back to the resting place, getting back to Jesus and saying, Lord, you are my rest. Lord, I came. I'm here. 
Father, I really want to take that thing, Lord. And the moment I take that, I'm going to start learning. Luke 6, 46. Luke 6, 46. And the Bible says here, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And he goes on by saying, He is the wise man that buildeth his house upon a rock. Jesus said there in verse 47, Come, hear, and do. Come, hear, and do. And I want to say, guys, this morning, come to Jesus. Take what he said here and learn from him. You know, there's a story with Mary and Martha in Luke 10. We all know the story. I mean, quickly page there. We're going to finish up here in verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. She was like this. And came to him and said, Lord, Jesus, are you not seeing what my sister is doing? I'm doing all the work. I'm doing all the heavy lifting. Can you please tell her to get her butt off the ground and to start doing work? She was kind of angry at this. Look at what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, every time Jesus says your name twice, duck. <laughs> Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. She chose to rest at Jesus' feet. I'm not saying the tasks are going to go away. It's going to be there. You will have to learn to say, Lord, I'm coming to you now. Everything, that whole spam folder, I'm zooming in on that one email from you. Lord, I'm going to take what you said. Lord, I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Botmai, if you guys can play something softly. Head bows and eyes closed, please. As we close off here, I really want to encourage you to, to really think, please, just for, just for a minute or two, about the December holidays approaching. I know it's usually a big thing. Everybody's looking forward to that, and rightfully so. I'm not condemning you for that, but can I please pray? I'm, well, I'm praying to you this morning. I'm asking. I'm begging you this morning. Please take Christ with you, wherever you are going. This morning you might be here by saying, Armand, you know what, I, I don't have rest. I don't have eternal rest. If I can just quickly turn your attention to the book of Genesis and, and how it says there that dove on the ark, it flew out and the verse says there, it found no rest for its feet. And maybe that's you here this morning. You're out there, you're flying, you're running about, but you're finding no rest for your eternal soul. I want to encourage you this morning, please, if, if, if you're not saved, if you're not born again, if you don't have that eternal rest, please, before the end of this day, that you would make sure that you can find rest where Jesus is at. And for those that are saved, please, please, come this morning. Come and take that yoke. Come and learn what Christ hath said about rest. Father, thank you that we can learn, Lord, that we have the capability, Lord, of still experiencing. Lord, taking what you have said by faith. Lord, I, I pray this morning and I, I really ask, Lord, that 
that everybody in this room here would, would take that serious. Lord, we're not good at resting. Father, we are not. I pray and ask that you would help us. Lord, help us. Reprioritize. Father, help us to have the boldness to come. Lord, the faith to take, Lord. God, and the humility to learn. Thank you, Lord, we can still open your book. God, help us, help us, Lord, to put this into practice. And I'll prepare us, Lord, for the new year. Father, if we, if we, we might have messed it up this year, Father, but please, would you prepare our hearts for the, for the holidays and for next year to come, Lord, that we might have another chance of practicing, Lord, this rest. I pray for the service to come, Lord. I uh, pray that you would be with us. And, Lord, please speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.